I want to welcome you to uh, Big Valley Grace's uh, online uh, gatherings. I know many of you are, um, you're in your house right now, maybe you're in your apartment. I know a bunch of you are in motorhomes right now, traveling. Some of you uh, might be, uh, you know, out exercising, walking, and you're listening to listening to this through your smartphone. I don't care how you're joining us. I'm just really, really thankful uh, that you are. I want you to take your Bible, if you can, and turn to two passages. One is Leviticus chapter 13. Okay, that's in the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, the third book of the Bible. And then I want you to turn to the New Testament book of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the third book in the New Testament. Put your fingers in uh, right there in just a moment. I'm, I'm going to kind of walk through some of those passages. But um, I got this in my, my box today up in my office, and I think it's going to be mailed out to everybody. And it's the uh, kind of the, the reading schedule that we want all of you, okay, we want all of our church family to uh, go through the book of Philippians together. And this is the reading plan. Next week, we're kicking off the, the series. In fact, I'll be kicking it off, looking in, at Philippians chapter one. But I want you to pay close attention to your mailbox, okay? But you can also get this online because I want us all reading the scriptures together. Our elders want all of us to read the scriptures together. Our pastor, Pastor Joel, wants us all to read this together. And so when you get it, just grab it. You can stick it right inside your Bible. And then together, it kind of gives you what we're supposed to read every day, and it's going to be a total win. Also want you to know that starting this Wednesday, I'm starting a brand new ministry here, right here at Big Valley Grace, if you will. It's a, it's a special uh, broadcast podcast called Here's the Deal, and we'll be looking at some of the issues um, that our culture faces. I'll have some of our pastors on as guests, and I'll have pastors on from other churches. It's really going to be special. You can tune in on my uh, Facebook page, or you can t- tune in on the church's Facebook page, and we're going to launch this thing and see how the Lord might use it, okay? So, one of the things that you can't miss when you, uh, when you read through the Scriptures I have read through uh, the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, I don't even know how many times. One of our pastors, Pastor Alan Boone, has read through it. It's like some crazy amount of time. It's super impressive how many times Pastor Alan has read through the Bible. I've read through it many, many times. One of the things you notice is, is that God wants his people to be thankful. You can't miss that. As you kind of walk through the scriptures, you read through the scriptures, you cannot miss the fact that God commands us, encourages us to be thankful. Psalms 95 says this, Come let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. And then it says, Let us come to him, that's God, with thanksgiving. Psalms 105 says something similar. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. These are really, really 
powerful passages that you see running through the entire Old Testament and New Testament. Paul said this in Philippians chapter four. He said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, that's prayer. Go talk to him about what you need and thank him for all he's done, then you will experience God's peace. And so here we have this crazy command from God and he says, hey look, I don't want you to worry about anything. I don't want you to be anxious about anything. Instead, this is what I want you to do. I want you to pray, I want you to talk to me about what's going on in your life, your family, your business, whatever it might be. But not only talk to me, I want you to be a thankful person. God wants you to thank him for all that he's done in your life. Paul writes this in Colossians chapter four. He says, devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. It's interesting how often prayer and having a thankful heart go together. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. Let us be thankful. All throughout the scriptures, we're called to be thankful. God wants us to be thankful, okay? Now that's kind of the foundation. On Thursday, I don't know what you're gonna do, but it's my favorite holiday, right? It's, it's Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. I love Christmas and I love Easter and, 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 and those are really special for other reasons, kind of theological reasons, if you will. But my favorite holiday, without a doubt, is Thursday. There's something super peaceful about uh, Thursday. There's something that's, that, that, that's really neat. I love it. I love uh, just the whole day and what we do with family and all that kind of stuff. It really is a special day. We call it Thanksgiving, okay? I've set up where I want to go, and we're going to go to a really weird place. Some of you are going to go, what in the world does Leviticus chapter 13 have to do with, uh, with Thanksgiving? Maybe nothing. We'll see, okay? So take your Bibles and turn to Leviticus chapter 13. All right, Leviticus 13, and look at verse 45, okay? Leviticus 13, 45. It says, those who suffer from a serious skin disease, like leprosy, must tear their clothing and leave their hair uncombed. They must cover their mouth and call out, unclean, unclean. As long as the serious disease lasts, they will be ceremonially unclean. They must live in isolation in their place outside the camp. Now, as I said, you're probably thinking, what in the world does any of that have to do with being thankful? 
Well, here's the deal. When you look at Leviticus 13, it was basically um, how they stopped the spread of disease in biblical days, especially leprosy. This was their version, what we just read was their version of a modern day quarantine. In fact, when you read Leviticus 13, you can kind of go, hey, that kind of sounds like maybe where we're at today as a culture, as a state, right? Leprosy's been around since at least 600 BC. Today it's known as Hansen's disease, and it's still a, a, a major health problem in a lot of parts of the world, like Africa, Asia, Latin America, or whatever. Now, it doesn't kill you, but, but it never ends. It simply lingers you know, for years and years and years. It basically causes your tissue to degenerate, and it deforms the body. It was a horrible, horrible thing. And in biblical days, leprosy was considered a curse, a curse of God. It was somehow associated with, with sin, okay? Now, believe it or not, today on the island of Molokai, one of the Hawaiian islands, there's still an active leper colony there. Some of you may not have known that. It was started in the, uh, back in the 1860s, and at its height, had about 7,000 people there. Today, there's only a handful, but that leper colony is still there today. So what we just read about in Leviticus 13, leprosy, it's still a disease we, we, we gotta deal with, okay? Now I want you to imagine, okay? And so I'm gonna get to th being thankful, I'll get there. Just, just hang on, just hang with me here. I want you to imagine, uh, if you can, that you have leprosy back in biblical days, okay? A leper was considered totally unclean, both physically and spiritually. Keep that in mind. A leper couldn't come within six feet of any other person, including family. Boy, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? A leper had to wear torn clothing. Even if they had nice stuff, they had to tear it. It was something that was a visual for anybody who would be walking by them. A leper had to keep their hair messed up. A leper had to cover their face. They had to wear a mask. <laughs> a leper had to cry out, unclean, unclean, when someone approached them. Imagine that. There you are, just kind of minding your own business. Maybe you're sitting on a bench somewhere, or you're in a street just walking, and if somebody was coming towards you, your hair is already a mess, your clothes are all goofed up, and you had to yell, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. A leper had to live alone. In fact, in biblical days, it was a sad, pathetic existence if you had leprosy. And what I'm asking you to do right now is imagine you're not on the, uh, the island of Molokai, in 2020, it's biblical days, and you've got this horrible disease, no cure for it. Can you imagine that? Do you have the ability to, to imagine that? Now, in Luke chapter 17, we're gonna meet 10 guys. They show up in our Bibles just for a, a very brief moment, and then they're gone. And we don't know much about them. 
The Bible doesn't tell us you know, a whole lot about these 10 guys. We, we don't even know their names. We don't know how old they are, but we do know one thing. All 10 of these guys had leprosy, okay? Now I want you to remember, as I read this, these men are outcasts. These men have no friends other than themselves. Nobody will come near them. Their hair is all a mess. Their clothes are all ripped. If anybody does get by them, they have to yell, unclean, unclean. You can't go to fun works and hang out with people. Can't go down to Starbucks and enjoy, you know, enjoy a cup of coffee. Can't go to the Gallo Center and see a show. You can't go to the mall and shop. You can't hang out with your family during the holidays. Life was basically a bummer for these 10 guys. They were lepers. They had a horrible existence. But something's about to change. Their lives are forever going to be radically rearranged. These 10 men, these 10 leopards, are gonna come in contact with the living God. So let's read it, okay? Now you turn over to Luke 17, look at verse 11. As Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, so he's walking, okay? They got no public transportation back then. He's walking, he has a group of people with him. He's, he's heading towards Jerusalem. He reached the border between Galilee and Samaria, okay? So, so we know where he's at geographically. As he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance. Okay, they had to stay at a distance. They had leprosy. They had been quarantined. They couldn't get anywhere near Jesus. They couldn't get anywhere near any of the people that were following Jesus. And they cry out, Jesus! Master, have mercy on us. So they're not yelling unclean, unclean. That's what they were supposed to yell. All of a sudden, they draw attention to themselves and they say, Jesus, will you have mercy on us? And now Jesus stops. The whole crowd stops. And everybody's looking at these 10 lepers. Jesus looked at these men and he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Whoa. All Jesus did was say, go. And these guys went. And as they were running, as they're running to go see the religious leaders, I don't know, may, maybe one of them looked down at his hand and maybe he had lost his fingers and his fingers were beginning to grow back. 
Maybe they all had sores all over their hands and maybe they were able to see as they were heading towards the priests, something was happening. Maybe they were limping along. They couldn't really run very fast, but all of a sudden their legs started to work like they'd never worked before. They were cleansed of their leprosy. Let's keep reading. One of them, one of these 10, when he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. By the way, I just want you to know, this story is super short, but it is so complex. There's just an incredible amount of layers to this, and I wish I had time to go into it. One of the fascinating things about this story was it was a Samaritan who came back to Jesus. Jesus asked this Samaritan, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And then he says, he ends it by saying, stand up and go, your faith has healed you. Now, there are lots of things in this story that I wanted to kind of maybe bring out, and I've talked about this, uh, you know, many, many times, not only here, but in other churches where I've spoke. I, I love this story, but I, I do want to give you just a couple thoughts, okay? Just a couple things. Things that I think we learn from this story, and hopefully it'll be a, a, a blessing to you, especially as we head into Thursday. And the first one is this. Every leper recognized their need for help. All 10 of these guys knew they had a problem. I want you to look at verse 13 again, okay? Verse 13 says, as he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. It doesn't say that eight guys stood up and yelled this or two guys did. No, all 10 guys. <coughs> Somehow they kind of knew who Jesus was, word had gotten to them. And all 10 of these guys knew they had a, a bummer in their life and that was leprosy. They knew that they were doomed. There was no cure these 10 men knew that their existence was gonna be really, really crummy. And all 10 of them stood up because they all recognized they had a problem. And here they are, all yelling at Jesus. Here's the deal. You and I may, may not have leprosy. But God has made it crystal clear that we have a disease, every single one of us. We don't like thinking about it. We don't like talking about it. But the Bible says that every single solitary person that's ever been born other than Jesus has come out of the womb, not with leprosy, but with something far worse 
And that is the Bible calls it sin. All of us, every single one of us, have got a disease that's way more weighty than leprosy. You see, whether you believe in the Bible or not, we all have one thing in common because of sin, and that is this, death is coming. It's coming. There'll be a moment when you take your last breath. You may be 100, you may be 80, you may be 60, you may be 40, you may be 20, you may be a teenager. I've done the funeral of people that have made it to 100. I've done the funeral of people who've made it till they're 50. I've done the funeral of teenagers, and I've even done the funeral of people that live just five, six, seven, eight seconds. For whatever reason, the sovereign hand of God moved, and when a baby was born, it, it died soon after it came out of the womb. Because of sin, all of us face this thing called death. It's coming. This disease has impacted all of our lives. I often say that death is the one appointment that everybody's going to keep. You can't ex ex escape it. The 10 men in our story all recognized the dreaded disease of leprosy. They had it, they knew they had it, and they knew they couldn't fix themselves. And so they cried out to the one who could. Which brings me to number two, lesson number two that we learned from these guys. Every leper recognized and obeyed the only one who could help them. Every one of these guys, hey, have mercy on us. I guarantee you they weren't all that sure who he was. They had heard stories about Jesus. They knew he was like a really cool rabbi. He taught like nobody else taught. They had probably heard about some of his miracles that he had done. They knew he was coming into town. And somehow there he was within shouting distance. They recognize that if we, we're doomed with this disease and the only shot we got is if somehow that man steps into this moment and does something in our lives. Thought it was really impressive that these guys simply heard Jesus say, go, and, and, and show yourselves to the priests. Look at, verse, look at verse 13. As he entered the village, these 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and he said, hey guys, go and show yourselves to the priest. He didn't say, hey guys, you, you go and I'll take care of it. Or, hey guys, you're healed. And they, well, okay, I'm healed, now I'll go. No, all Jesus told these guys to do was go to the priests. And it's super impressive. All 10 of these guys make their way to the priests. And I want you to know something. When you read through your Bible, one of the things that God wants for his people is that we would be obedient like these 12 guys. 
Not one of them said, hey, well, Jesus, hey, before I make my way to the priest, you know, that's about 10 blocks away, and that's going to take me some time. I was wondering, can you heal me up first? Hey, Jesus, you know what, man, I'm kind of thirsty. I was wondering, can, can you get me a bottled water here? So, so on my way to see these priests, that, you know, I, I got some liquid in me. Hey, Jesus, you know, I've been sitting here for a long time. I haven't really had a great meal, and you're asking me to go all the way to see these priests. They're not going to feed me anything. Hey, could, could you, you know, give me a few fish, some bread? They didn't do any of that. They heard Jesus speak, and they did what he said. And that's one of the primary, you know, I don't know what the word is. It's one of the primary things that we, God's children, are called to do, right? Is obey God. If he tells us to do something, we're just called to, to do it. In fact, let me rattle off uh, just a couple of things about o obedience here real, real quick. N number one, Jesus just expects you to be obedient. He expects you to be obedient. You can't miss that in Scripture. The Bible says in John chapter 14, if you love me, Jesus said, obey my commandments. If you love me. I mean, if you don't love Jesus, then I, I guess you don't have to obey him. What's the big deal? But if you do love him, he just says, hey, obey. When you read through the scriptures, maybe you go to men's ministries, maybe you go to women's ministries, maybe you're in our youth ministries, maybe you're in our CR ministry, maybe you go to prime time, maybe sometimes you're inside the brick and mortar building, Anytime you're reading the scriptures and you see a command from God, it's Jesus' expectation that you would just do it. That you would be exactly like these 10 lepers. Just obey. But the second thing I just want to bring out is this, is that God rewards obedience. He rewards it. When you do what he asks you to do, there's a reward. All 10 of these lepers are gonna be healed because they obeyed. There was a reward to their obedience. Now, we don't know what would have happened if one of those guys would have said, hey, I ain't doing it, man. I'm not going. Hey, you nine guys go. I'm gonna hang out here. I got a good spot here on the corner. I can hold my sign up, we'll work for food or whatever. I don't want to go hunt this guy down. I'm not doing it. You guys are, are wasting your time, energy, and effort. All 10 of them went, all 10 of them were healed. But I think if one of them would have just sat there and said, you know, I ain't going, he's still, he, he still got leprosy. I think God rewards us in incredible ways when we're obedient. Listen to what, there's this great moment in, in, in Luke 11. It says this, as he, that's Jesus, was speaking, a woman in the crowd called out. Imagine there's this whole big group of people and this lady calls out, God bless your mother, the womb from which you came and the breast that nursed you. Oh, in other words, she was, you know, making this big deal 
about Jesus' mother. And then Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. What a great comeback. Oh, blessed is your mother. Oh, the womb that you came out of. Oh, the breast that you nursed from. Oh, that woman's got to be blessed. And he says, let me tell you, let me tell you what's even greater than that is when you hear the word and you do exactly what these 10 lepers did. You just obey. Whether it makes sense to you or not. When you think about this story, it makes no sense that Jesus said, hey guys, why don't you just go see the priest? Makes no sense. You'd think he'd walk up and go, hey guys, this has been a bummer, you know, let me tell you who I am. I'm the son of God, you know, kind of a thing. And um, you're all healed. Look at that. Look at your bodies now. Woo, isn't that great now? Woo, look at there. That's fantastic. Why, why don't you go tell your parents, go tell your brothers, your sisters. I don't know, maybe they were married. Go tell your wives. I don't know. He didn't do any of that. He just says, hey guys, here's the deal. Go. Just go. And they went. And because they went, they were blessed. Absolutely blessed. Beloved, over and over again, we read in the Bible that God blesses and rewards obedience. So, all 10 of these men, these lepers, recognized their need for help. All 10 of them obeyed what Jesus told them to do. But as we look at number three, things are gonna change. Okay, and we'll begin to land the, the, the plane here. The third lesson that we learn is only one leper was thankful for the help he received. And this gets us back to where we began. That God wants us to be thankful people. Look at verse 15 again. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God, he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. Thanking him. I don't know how it all went down, but all 10 of these guys are running and their bodies are being healed as they're running. Things are happening. I don't know, they finally make it to the priest. The priest knew exactly who these 10 guys were. Everybody knew who these 10 guys were. And there they were. They gave testimony, I'm sure, to who Jesus was. And he, he showed up and we asked him to have mercy on us. He told us, come and show ourselves to you. And man, this is crazy. And there comes this moment where one of them begins to make his way back to Jesus. Wow. He falls at Jesus' feet. And he says, well, thank you. He's grateful. He knew he was doomed to 
just with a crummy life if Jesus doesn't heal him. And here he is on the ground thanking him. We were all doomed, right? Because of sin. There wasn't anything we could do to fix the problem of sin. We were all going to die. We were all going to take our last breath and our next breath would have been in a place that was designed for Satan and the demons. We were all doomed. And there came a moment like these lepers where we cried out, God have mercy on me. I need you in my life. God came into your life, came into my life and cleansed us from leprosy, cleansed us from our sin. Well, when was the last time, and I'm only asking you this because as I've been reading this this past week, it was super convicting, this question I'm gonna ask you. When was the last time you fell down at the feet of Jesus and said, thank you for cleansing me of my sin? that everything could be made right between me and you. I'll tell you, at the beginning of the message, I'll tell you what I did. Got my yellow pad of paper out and I started thinking about all the things I was thankful for. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my spouse. I'm thankful for my kids. I'm thankful for my grandkids. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful I got food, you know, on the table, roof over my head. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. And I had a whole list, man. I was on a roll, man. Thankful for that. And then at some moment, you know, and man, I'm, I'm thankful that you cleansed me of my sin. Now I'm, I'm 25 things into it. And literally, as I wrote that, I was kind of like frozen. Like, like, like that's one of 25. That I was once lost in my sin, separated from God for all of eternity. And because I cried out to Jesus and he saved me, it's, it's, it's now my whole trajectory of life has changed. My sin has been forgiven. Everything's been made right between me and God. I know when I take my last breath, I know when I die exactly what's gonna happen to me. I'm gonna be in glory forever throughout all of eternity because Jesus healed me and it's number 25, you know, on my yellow pad of paper. And I'll tell you, I think God wants us to be thankful for our cats and our dogs and our education and our spouses if we have them or whatever all that is, okay? Don't, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying right now. But I think for too many of us, or at least in my case, I don't think much about my salvation. I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. And I move on. And all of a sudden, I circled, I'm saved. I'm saved. 
the worst disease to ever inflict mankind, sin I've been spared from. And everything else just kind of faded into the background as I thought about that one thing. One thing. I'm gonna take you back to Philippians chapter four. Paul says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for your spouse. Doesn't say that. Thank him for your kids. Doesn't say that. Thank you for your grandkids. Doesn't say that. Thank you for the car. Thank you for the food. Doesn't say any of that. Just thank him for all he has done. And in that context, let me just tell you, He's talking about our salvation. Think about what he's done. That he would come down to planet Earth, live 33 years of the most beautiful, awesome, majestic life, perfect life, go to a cross, die this horrific death, walk out of a tomb. Everybody look again at verse 17 of our story. Jesus says, says this in, in verse 17. We got that? Didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? <laughs> the nine other guys were super eager to be cleansed. They were yelling and screaming, Clay, Jesus, have mercy. Man, they wanted to be cleansed. They, they, they needed something from Jesus and they got it. They just wanted to get back to some sort of normalcy in their life. And they got it. Here, here's, I guess, the, the question I want to end with. Which one are you more like? Are you more like the, the nine or the one? Now, I know Thursday you're going to sit down, and one of the customs or traditions we have in my family is we're all going to sit around, and you know my kids hate it, but I force everybody to go around and tell me one thing you're thankful for. And, and then the first round, and now they get it because the first round everybody just says something lame. I'm thankful for mom. You know, I'm thankful for dad. And then, then, then they get around and go, okay, we're gonna go around again. Gotta say something new. And it's when you go around a number of times when all of a sudden you really have to engage your mind and go, man, what am I thankful for? And too often it takes us eight or nine times of going around that table before someone goes, well, like, I'm going to heaven? <laughs> you know, wow, really? Yeah, that's pretty big. Because the only way you get there is Jesus cleanses you of your leprosy. We all ought to be more thankful about that. Because let me tell you something. When you understand that, how great your salvation is, when you really understand the fact that you've been cleansed of something far worse than leprosy, it changes your life. 
Change how you get up in the morning. Changes how you go to work, your attitude at work. Just it'll it'll change everything in, in, about you. Now I'm gonna tell you how I answered this. There are many times I'm one of the nine. And there are many times I'm the one. There's many times when I'm not very thankful. Just not a thankful person. And there are times when I'm super thankful. But my prayer has been, God, I want to be more like this guy. When it's all said and done, God, I want to be like that one leper, that one Samaritan, that one foreigner. Help me be like that more often. And I hope that would be your prayer also. I'm gonna ask you right there in your homes, your apartments, wherever you're at, why don't you stand up? And I wanna pray a, a blessing upon you and your family and your home as you guys gather this week. And I know because of uh, COVID, many of you aren't gonna be able to be with family and things like that, and, and I understand that was just a couple of weeks ago that someone very dear to me passed away from COVID, pastor in our town, healthy guy. This thing's a real deal, man. And so I know many of you are making a decision not to gather with friends. I know some of you are, and that's okay. But let me pray for you right now, okay? So Lord, thank you that we got to look at just this really interesting story these 10 lepers who you healed and one of them was thankful and nine weren't. Thank you, Lord, for working in my own life, revealing just, just some really crummy things about my life. Lord, would you... Um, Continue to work on me that I would be more like that one guy. Father, thank you, God, for, oh, what Thursday represents to a lot of us. It's, a, it's just a great family time, and I know this Thursday there's gonna be lots of people that are just alone, holed up in their house, all by themselves. Family isn't gonna come over or whatever, and somehow, Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit, would you... Um, would you minister to those people, those people that feel alone? Would you somehow minister to them, God? Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. And I pray these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and all that God's people said, amen. Hey, Lord bless you all, okay? Blessings, everybody.